So um, last week we took time, remember we're one church in many different locations, five locations across the south coast at the moment and over in the Philippines as well. And always remember uh, our Philippines family in your prayers and in what we do, they're very much a part of who we are. But last week uh, we took time uh, across the whole church to begin to unpack our vision for 2024. And what I want to do today uh, is continue in that, but look specifically at Haven uh, as a congregation and talk about our vision uh, in line with that or the outworking of our whole church vision. Now, if you weren't around um, last week, then we gave out a vision brochure. I meant to bring one up uh, this morning, but they're on the back table and you can grab one of those vision brochures as you leave uh, this morning. Please take one, uh, take it away to read. And within that, uh, it outlays the 10 vision statements that we're going to look at again uh, this morning. Uh, but we also spoke last week about our theme and our focus for 2024. And if you uh, remember, we watched the online um, of a video message from Pastor Andy, which was all about uh, the theme of Rooted with our focus being discipleship. Now, next week, we're going to unpack that a little bit more as we begin an exciting journey together in terms of discipleship. But as I said this morning, I want to take a moment and speak more locally about where we're at here in Haven, what's happening, what we're looking uh, to do, the goals and the dreams that we have uh, for 2024 in line with the whole church vision that we looked at last week. And then I want to talk about how we can all play a part. Because as we always say, this isn't Pastor Andy and Gina's church, this isn't mine and Kirsty's church, this church belongs to Jesus, amen? And if anybody tells you otherwise, um, tell them they're wrong. In love, tell them they're wrong. This church belongs to Jesus. Um, but we get an awesome privilege of being a part of that and uh, playing a role within that. He invites us to co-labor. So that's where we're headed um, today. Let's start uh, by talking vision, and I'm going to share four practical ways that we can be a part of it. Now, these 10 vision points uh, that we're going to have on the screen again this morning, we outlined them last week, but I'm going to unpack them a little bit more. They all stem from our mission as a church. You say, well, what, what's the mission? The mission is the very reason why we exist as a church. And we wrap that up in three words, as I said last week, reach, grow, empower, which basically is the Great Commission, right? Again, if any church has a mission that is different to what Jesus said it should do, then there's something wrong. So our, our mission is summed up in those three simple words, reach, grow, empower, that really orbit around the Great Commission that Jesus laid out in Matthew chapter 28. And from that stems these 10 uh, vision points. So vision point number one that's going to come up on the screen is this, that the church we see has and will continue to have congregations in cities, towns, and villages that are healthy and growing and well-connected as one church that is united in mission, culture, and values. So we understand that here in Haven, we're not doing our own thing by ourselves, but we are part of a wider body of congregations called Family Church. And we gain strength as Family Church in what we do together, but more importantly, who we are together. And so this uh, year in 2024, we're going to continue to have occasions where we do stuff together as one church. There's going to be different events that we pull on. We've got one family conference happening again at the beginning of July. And uh, I know loads of people were engaged with that last year and we got so much from it. It's a time when we come together um, to worship together, to hear God together and to move forward um, together as well. We've also got some worship nights that we're going to be doing together as we did in January. We've got Women's Getaway. Just give me a little cheer if you are signed up for Women's Getaway so far. Just making sure there's no men who are waving in this moment. Okay, there's a whole load I know from having some of you have been shy in this moment, but I know... There's a whole load that have already registered, and if you haven't yet, then places really are going quickly, so make sure that you register soon. But again, that's just an opportunity to come together. There's social things that we're going to do together as well, um, Moore's Valley trip like we did last year, and all manner of different things. But we, we do stuff together, but we also gain strength from who we are together. That we are not just a singular expression, we are part of a wider body, obviously part of a wider body across the globe, but part of a wider body called Family Church uh, in this area. Number two, the church we see has and will continue to have services filled with life and hope where people can encounter God. 
Amen. So our services, be it on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, our all-night prayer nights, any times that we gather together as the whole church, uh, whenever we do that, we don't do that to tick a religious box. We do that to have services that are filled with life and hope where people can encounter a living God. Amen. Where the unsaved can be saved, where disciples can be equipped, where the word is taught, where we don't just sing songs, but we truly meet with God as we did this morning where the children of all ages are taught the truths of this living God in a way that is relevant and practical to them, where the fellowship is uplifting, right? Because we don't want to be somewhere where the fellowship leaves you feeling worse than when you came in, where the fellowship is uplifting, where people are prayed for and so on and so on. And that's a massive part of who we are. We believe in the church gathering together whenever it is. We don't believe in what many people preach today to dissemble the church and just be these individual units. We believe that there is power when the people of God come together with expectancy and faith. Do we believe that this morning? Having said that, as we always do, I want to underline again this morning that the church is not a Sunday morning event. The church is not merely the gathering. The church gathers but the gathering isn't the church. The church are the people, you and I. And yes, we come together every now and then, every week to celebrate, to worship, to use our giftings, to be equipped and so on and so on. But you need to know, you continue to be the church the minute that you step out of this building this morning. You continue to be the church wherever God places you this week. Statement number three follows on from that. That we are communities of believers where everyone feels loved and valued, knowing they belong in our church family and have a place at the table. So again, this is born out of an understanding that the church is not an event, it's not merely a gathering, but it's a community, amen? It's a family, the Bible calls the church the family of God. It's a family where part of that is understanding that we want people to be cared for. So again, if we're just an event, people come, people sing, people leave, there's nothing to that. But when we understand we're a community, we're a family of believers, we want people to be cared for. And can I just say at, at this point, from mine and Kirsty's perspective, we are so proud of who you are as a congregation. We are so thankful for the culture that we have here where people care for one another. You know, recently, um, Philippa Dickin, who oversees what we do, whole church in terms of pastoral support, said to me, your, I walked into the office and she was sat there. She said, your congregation are amazing. I was like, yeah, I know. But is, it, <laughs> is there a specific reason you're telling me that today? But I, and she said, I sent out a message, uh, and some of you would have received it. We, I sent out a message about uh, one of the older gentlemen in our congregation, Bob, who uh, is in a care home at the moment, and said, would there be anybody willing to visit him? And she said, I was inundated with people responding. And we now have people going in three times a week to go and visit Bob. That is a culture that says we care for one another. Now, we need to understand that we all play a part in that. That yes, Kirsty and I are congregational pastors, but you look around, you do the maths, right? If it relies on two people to care for everybody in this congregation, there are going to be a lot of people who end up very disappointed, disgruntled, and offended. And actually, if it's left to two people, we aren't doing what we're called to do as part of a body of Christ. But we all have a part to play within that. Now, a fantastic way that this can be outworked is not just through pastoral support, though that's important, but also through connect groups. And we currently have seven connect groups in our Haven't Congregation of Family Church that are thriving. They are, are just so thankful for our connect group leaders. And one positive problem that we have right now it's that a lot of those groups are reaching maximum capacity. Now, that's a good problem to have, right? But we're not walking around saying, please join Connect Groups, please. We're actually at a place where a lot of our groups are reaching maximum capacity and they go from being a small group to something that people can't engage with as well as if it's a certain number. So one of our dreams and goals for this coming year is that we would see at least another two groups and haven't begin this coming year so that we would have some more space for people to do life and community through connect groups. Vision statement number four is that we want to have impact through effective local, national and global mission, showing the love of God in practical ways and sharing the good news of Jesus. Now we already do this in a number of ways locally, nationally, globally. 
Um, for example, even this month, we have a team uh, from Family Church going over to the Philippines uh, to be involved in a couple of weeks of mission work. In April, uh, we have a group of about 20 people uh, going to work with YWAM in Poland to be involved in short-term mission, including uh, Gerard and Steph and Nimi. So we're excited about what God's going to do in them and through them over that time. And we look forward to hearing all that God does. Um, we continue to support missionaries and churches and relief organizations all around the globe. But every single week and every single month, we are supporting people, not just locally, but also internationally as well. And then more locally, as you know, we do a number of things um, in terms of weekly initiatives, in terms of events that we do. And we'll talk more about those in a moment when we take a moment to look back over what we've seen God do in the last year or so. But we've got Tots and Toys. We started our community lounge uh, this past year. There's events that interact with our community. And one of our key aims and visions that we have for all of those groups is that anybody who comes into contact with one of our initiatives or attends one of our events knows that we're doing that because we are the church of Jesus Christ and we love Jesus and he is the answer to everything in life. Right? But we don't want to just be a community group doing community things in a community building though that's great and we thank God for community groups we are the church of Jesus Christ and so we want to the people to know that we have something to offer far beyond just help we have an understanding of the savior of a human race that can change and transform their life vision point number five we want to see and continue to see a discipleship culture where every person in our church family. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, this includes you. Every person in our church family, so you don't get out of it, is walking in a maturing relationship with God, strong in Christian character, and fruitful in life. So as you heard last week, discipleship is huge to us because it's huge in the eyes of Jesus. So if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to the church of Jesus, right? Discipleship is huge to us. And this year, we want to continue to grow as disciples. Now, that takes more than just a Sunday morning gathering. Even though in our Sunday morning gatherings, as we said last week, we're going to explore uh, some things together and some doctrines, not in a way that's dry or boring, but in a way that is life-giving and will make a difference to your Monday to Saturday. But we've got to have an understanding that there's got to be something beyond a Sunday morning gathering. So beyond that, there's a number of different things we're doing. We're trialing right now a mentoring program that you may have seen about called Thrive. Um, and at the moment, it's just going through a trial stage. We're going to get feedback. We're going to train up some mentors. And our hope is that towards the end of this year, we'll be able to launch that across the whole church. And so when we get to that point, if you are somebody who's interested in being trained up uh, as a mentor, or if you're somebody who said, I would love to have mentoring in my life, um, and not about just worldly, but it's Christian mentoring, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be, um, then come and speak to us when we get to that point. We'll be running different courses again this year, including our Welcome Home course uh, towards the end of the year. And if you um, have joined Family Church in the last couple of years and you haven't yet done the Welcome Home course, this is primarily aimed at you. So we want to encourage you, when we get to that point, keep an eye out on the dates and get involved uh, with that uh, course. There's going to be baptisms that are taking place throughout the year. We love baptisms. Baptisms are a celebration, amen, of what God has done in a person's life. And I had somebody even last week say, when, when can I get baptized? I love that. When's the next uh, baptism? So we're going to have different baptism um, services. Some of them are going to be in the sea. Some of them are going to be inside. So we'll leave that to you to decide uh, when and how you want to be uh, baptized. But we'll tell you more about that. Point number six, you're still with me this morning, yeah. is this. We want to see empowered people who are equipped to do the work of ministry wherever God has placed them. So we want to equip you to serve God in every sphere of life and society. Whether that's at home, whether that's in your family, whether that's in your workplace, whether you run a business, whether it's to do with education, whatever it might be, we want to equip you because as I underlined again last week, ministry is not merely, and, and sometimes people have misunderstood, it's not standing on a stage with a microphone talking about Jesus. Ministry is doing whatever God has called you to do, where God has placed you for his glory. Amen? And so we want to equip you to do that wherever God places you. We want to equip you to be confident about sharing your faith. 
As you heard earlier, Taffy talked about our soul winner course running for five Wednesday nights starting on the 21st of February. And that whole course is merely just about trying to remove the fear that you maybe have sometimes. You want to tell people about Jesus. You want to just have a very normal conversation about Jesus. But maybe there's fear that rises up within you. Maybe you say, I don't even know how to start a conversation. And so we're going to be giving you very practical, down-to-earth advice about how to share your faith. Another key outworking of this vision point is our Forge Ministry School. And we currently have 40 uh, students who gather on a Monday night down in Portsmouth from all of our locations who are journeying through um, that course. And there'll be another intake in September, uh, a brand new intake of students. And maybe um, as I'm talking, you feel God just nudging you about that or you've been thinking about it for a while. And I'd encourage you to go to family.church, click on the Forge section, and it lay- outlays all that we teach, all that's involved, um, and all that kind of stuff. Or you may want to speak to Nimi or Gerard or Steph or Sadie, who did the course uh, last year, and find out what's involved in being part of Forge. But again, another way that we want to equip you uh, to grow and be the minister that God has called you to be. Number seven, leaders of all ages who have been trained and raised up and who are full of faith, wisdom, and courage to take the church into its future. John Maxwell said everything rises and falls on leadership. And so we want to make sure we have leaders in family church of all ages who lead well and also lead in a godly way. Because we are not just leaders, we are spiritual leaders and want to work out of that understanding. Number eight, young people. Everybody say young people. But unfortunately, this doesn't necessarily include you, and if, unless you're in a certain bracket. But you may feel young, and there's other things for you to do. But this is this vision point. Young people who are on fire for God, passionate about living uncompromised lives, having big, audacious dreams, and stepping forward as leaders. Now, as a pastor, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to have a favorite one out of the 10 vision points because we sowed into all of them. But I love this thought of having young people who are on fire for God, passionate about living uncompromised lives, living big, audacious lives and stepping forward as leaders. We are so excited about what God is doing across the youth, across of all of our locations. You'll know that recently we changed uh, the name for our youth work from Momentum to Trailblazers. And again, you need to understand that wasn't because we just got bored of one name and thought, oh, let's have another one. It's not like we thought, oh, we've been doing that for 20 years. Let's have a rebrand. It was really an underlining of this is what we are believing over our young people, that they will be trailblazers wherever God places them. Amen. And so again, there's a number of ways that that outworks. That on the first, third and fifth Friday of the month, every uh, every time of its first, first, third and fifth Friday of the month, um, 11 to 18 year olds gather here um, to be together, to socialize, but then to hear a word and to come um, and just meet with God. Every other month, they gather together across all the locations, and we are just continually seeing over 100 young people when they gather together. Um, and you know what the impact that that can have when they go back into their schools, their colleges, their universities, whatever it might be, and having an impact for God. We've also uh, got summer camp again this year where there's a whole church youth group, youth week, sorry, in August. We've got spring camp that's taking place in March, which is primarily for our Haven and Waterlooville congregations. There's also going to be a youth conference for, for family church youth um, that's going to take place around uh, June time where it's not only going to be our youth, but also youth from connected churches where we've had people saying, we want a part of what God is doing in family church youth. And so we've got other um, churches that are connecting with us on that conference. A lot going on. Beyond that, we've got Young Lions and Young Lions Junior that's run by the Assemblies of God. And we've got a number of young people from our congregation going to be a part of that. But again, it's about equipping them to be the young people God has called them to be. So many great things that are happening. Now, one of our dreams and hopes this year for the Haven Congregation is that we will continue to build better links with schools and colleges and anywhere that there are youth in that area that need to know about Jesus. And one of our um, real goals this year is that we want to continue to build and, and have a greater connection with Oakland School. 
primarily because there's so many from our Haven congregation and our Portsmouth congregation that are involved in Oakland, and we want to come alongside um, some great stuff that one church from Emsworth are doing in there, so that every young person who wants to live for Jesus in that school knows what it is to be a disciple of Jesus and can flourish in their understanding of what that truly means. So be praying for that. Number nine, governance that promotes a healthy leadership culture and provides a clear structure from which the purposes of the organization can be achieved. So we want to be not just a growing church, but a healthy church. And not just healthy in terms of our leadership or our structures or the way we handle finances, though that's obviously massively important, but also in the way we approach doing things as a church. And so some of that comes down to making sure that anyone who interacts with us as a church or engages with us is safe, that we understand that we're compliant with fire safety, risk management, health and safety. And you may say, well, where does that line up with the godly vision that we have? Because we want to do everything that we do with excellence. And we want to be good stewards of everything that God has given to us, including the most important thing he has given to us, which are people. So we want to do things with excellence. And number 10, premises in each of our communities that provide the space, equipment, and resources required to run church services, discipleship, and community outreach with excellence. So we were blessed in terms of when we're talking locally here in Haven, we were blessed 10 years ago with this facility. It was 10 years ago in January um, after a long, long journey of persistence and believing God um, that we got the keys um, to this building. And um, I remember 10 years ago, if you were here walking around this place, and I always say it was raining as much, if not more, inside somehow than it was outside on that day that we walked around. And it's just been amazing how God has blessed us with this facility that since buying it, it's made so much change to us as a congregation. Not only can we do Sunday mornings, but if you know there's so much going on throughout this week that every single day this building is being used in one way or another. Discipleship, community outreaches, practices, connect groups. We also rent out space um, to a local nursery, to um, counselling services, to a local dance group. There's, there's people using this building. But what I love is never at the cost of what we want to do as a ministry and in terms of our focus as a church. So it's made so much of a difference to us as a congregation, but it's amazing to see the change that we as a congregation have made to this building. As I said, if you walked around 10 years ago, some of you were like, oh really, this is what you're seeing, is it? This is what you're believing for. And every single room needed work. Every single room stunk of that musty smell of old buildings that are damp. Um, But we've just seen God breathe life into this building and I love the way that we've stepped forward and made a difference and again this year we want to continue to maintain and enhance it we've got a working party in April and so if you are uh, that way inclined then make sure that you keep an eye out uh, for that date now in terms of specific date uh, goal sorry for 2024 and haven't one of our goals is to continue to explore expansion now how many of you were around in in this congregation in 2018 2019 just give me a quick wave you'll know what it was when we completely outgrew this room and completely outgrew this building and the kids' church rooms even uh, were struggling. And so uh, at that point, five or so years ago, we made a decision to plant out into uh, the location of Waterlooville. And um, Kirsty and I had the pleasure of going over there a couple of weeks ago as they celebrated their fifth birthday as a congregation. I can't believe it's actually already been that long. But we know that although planting out will always be part of our DNA as a church community, we also know that Jesus will always continue to build his church. Amen. And we want to continue to look at how we make room for growth here in this congregation. So part of what we want to do, and I'll unpack this a bit more in a moment, is continue to explore options for growth, including the possibility of a mezzanine floor uh, in this room to allow for further expansion. Our 10 vision points, an unpacking of what they mean some of the focuses that we have and the goals that we have here in Haven this year. But let me now make this relevant to you. And I know it may have felt like I was going out of pace, but I wanted to get to this point. Because I want to, it's, it's fine having all this vision and all these strategy and all these goals and all these things we want to do. But how does your life play a part in that? How can you become a part 
of this vision because we would love for every single person to be involved in the outworking of this vision. Four quick ways I want to outline this morning. The first one is this. Put down your roots. Put down your roots. Last week we talked about being rooted in Christ. I want to encourage you today to put down your roots in this community called Family Church Heaven. So maybe you've joined us in the last year or two. Maybe you've been with us for five years and yet your only experience of church is coming to once a week a gathering on a Sunday morning. I want to encourage you this year to begin to put down your roots. I want to encourage you this year to begin to, in a sense, unpack your bags and make home with us. You know, when you go from, if you go traveling, you go from hotel to hotel, maybe you're on a business trip, you're just going to have a bag that you just have a few essentials and you unpack them, but then you pack them back up and move along again to the next thing. We want you this coming year, if you're in a place where you've only just kind of got a few emergency things out, but you pack them away at the end of a service each week and head out, we want to encourage you to begin to really unpack the boxes of your life and begin to put down roots here. Now, what does that look like practically? It may begin as simple as sticking around after the service rather than just leaving straight away. It may be as simple as that. It may look like talking to somebody that you've never spoken to before in family church haven't. And I know that can be a big thing uh, for people sometimes, but every great relationship begins with a hello. Every great relationship you're a part of began somewhere with a hello. And so we want to encourage you to put down your roots. It may look like sticking around for some social things, like family lunch. Taffy mentioned family lunch earlier. You know, contrary to some rumors... The reason we do family lunch isn't just so that I can decide who cooks the best jollof rice. That is a rumor that's going around, and, and in fairness, there is part truth to that. And if I haven't made up my decision, so if you just want to keep plying me with rice, then, then I will decide. So, sorry, I know we're still in the fasting period, so I'll move on quickly. But, but the reason we do that is so that people can sit together and get to know one another. So that people can sit together and do community and begin to build kingdom relationships that are going to be vital to your journey moving forward. It may look like having people over for dinner. It may look like catching up with somebody over a coffee. A great way, of course, is to find a connect group that fits you, whatever it takes. But we would love for you to put down your roots this year and truly make Family Church your home. The second point. Every single person, because some of you would say, oh, that point I can't do, that point I can't. Every single person can do the second point. How can you be a part of this vision? Pray. Pray. Psalm 127 verse 1 reminds us, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The Apostle Paul made it clear that, that one sows and another one waters, but it's God who adds the increase. Acts chapter 2 is so clear. It says, and God added daily to their number those who were being saved. So we can have all this vision that we've sought God for. We can have all this strategy. We can have all of these goals. But if we don't pray, if we don't say, God, we need you to be involved in this. If we don't say, God, would you bless the work of our hands as a church community. If we don't say, God, we need your anointing and your favor upon any plans that we make. They just simply remain plans in a brochure. And we want God's agenda to be our agenda. We need his wisdom. We need his guidance. So can I again, this coming year, can I ask you, be praying for your church family. Be praying. Make praying for your church family part of your prayer life. Pray for your leaders. Uh, Kirsty and I, we're humble enough to say we need your prayers. We're not standing there going, yeah, I can take your leave it if you pray for it. We need your prayers. We need God's wisdom, we need God's encouragement, God's anointing in all that we do. Pray for the elders, pray for the leadership across all of the congregations. Pray for every generation of our church. You know, it can be so easy to, to pray for our kids. or our, No, no, every generation of our church, be praying for them. Be praying for prodigals. Be praying for the unsaved. Be praying for our church. Pray for unity over our church, over the whole church and within this congregation. One of the ways you can be part of this vision is to pray. The third way that I want to encourage you to be part of this vision is to use your talents and your giftings. Use your talents and your giftings. God has blessed each and every single one of us with natural talents and spiritual giftings. And God wants you to use those, yes, in your everyday life, 
but he also wants you to use them within the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, we know it very well, speaks about the church being one body made up of many parts and that the body only functions to the best of its ability when every part does its role effectively. So this year I want to encourage you, how can you use what God has given you for the benefit of a church? And don't pigeonhole yourself into being, I have to be like this person or this person does this. Or, how has God created you? What unique giftings and personality and talent has he blessed you with that you can use for a greater good of a body of Christ? You might be great with children. You might be great with youth. Come and speak to us about being involved in, in those things. You might be great with computers. You say, I'm lousy with kids, but I'm good with a computer. Speak to us and we can uh, make you part of the AV team. I, I just made it sound like everybody who's on the AV team is lousy with children, so we stick them there. <laughs> I just want to clarify especially as some of them parents, I want to make absolutely clear um, that they're great with children as well. Have I dug myself out of that hole? You may have a heart for worship. You may love caring for people and could be part of a pastoral support team. You may be just an incredible person who loves hosting people and you could just give a smile to people and make a great cup of tea or coffee. You may be a great organizer. You may be great at teaching God's words. You may be very practical and you could help us with the maintenance of this building. You, you may be an incredible gardener. You may be a, a fantastic encourager. You could be somebody who loves bringing people together in a social setting. You say, I just, I just come alive when I gather people together in a social setting. You may have the gift of administration. You may have a passion for mentoring. You might be available on, on a Sunday morning or you might be available during the week. I, I don't want you to pigeonhole yourself into thinking this is the only way that I can serve God. I, I don't want you to think this is how I have to because somebody else is doing so. I want to ask you how could you use your personality, your talents, your giftings to play your part in the outworking of this vision that God has given to us? Because there are so many ways that you could play your part in the body of Christ that would not only be a blessing to his church, but would also bring you great fulfillment as you do what God has called you to do and how God has made you to come alive when you actually outwork what God has placed within you. And the final one that I want to focus in on, but in one specific um, way, is I want to talk about sowing finance. The fourth way that I want to mention is to sow finance. Now, I want to speak specifically about um, our annual vision offering that um, is coming up in April. And we want to make you um, aware of that, and I want to talk about that. Now, we haven't done a vision offering um, since October 22 for a number of different reasons, um, and one of them being that we wanted to really line up our vision offering with the vision that we have as a church and at the beginning of a year. So for those new to church, let me explain what this is all about, and I also want to provide feedback this morning on how we've spent the finance that you so generously gave in October 2022 because um, I believe it's incredibly important that we're accountable, that we're transparent with how finance has been used that you have given to us. So the vision offering is something that we generally do once a year that helps us to undertake bigger projects. Now, what we give uh, weekly and monthly helps towards the kind of day-to-day -day running of the church, but when we give a vision offering, it enables us to serve bigger vision. Now, over the years, we have been able to do so much with what you have generously given. I'm not going to be able to go through a whole you know, 10, 15 years worth of what we've been able to do, but I do want to focus in on some of what we've been able to achieve over the last 16 months as a result of your incredible um, giving in our last vision offering. So here's some of the things, and again, the, this is like a highlights reel, okay, because um, if we were here, we'd be here all day just sharing them, we did this and we did this. This is like a highlights reel of how we've been able to use some of your giving in the last uh, vision offering, and there's some photos that are going to come up on the screen uh, for some of these things. So there were, last time around, there were, there were five ways that we were uh, sowing into. Community outreach, this building, children and youth, discipleship, and equipment. So last, last, since last time, community outreach, let me talk about this. We were able to put finance into our weekly uh, initiatives, and there's going to be some photos hopefully come up on the screen, uh, in terms of our Tots and Toys group um, that we run week in, week out, uh, term time for um, preschool children. We were able to sow into that. We were also able to launch our community lounge, which was a, something that had been on our heart for a long time. Our community lounge is all about 
ending isolation in our community and bringing people together. And so we were able to put finance into that over the last year. And I want to say a massive thank you uh, to Meg Black and to Alison, Alison's not here this morning, um, and to their team of great volunteers who week in, week out serve our community. Can we show our love and appreciation um, to them this morning? Alongside that, we've been able to do our Christmas and Easter giveaways um, to our neighborhood. And again, it can feel like we're just giving gifts, but every time um, that we go out to our community, we are making greater and greater connections with our community. And I love knocking on doors um, that you've knocked on before, and you're now starting to have proper conversations rather than just, oh, thanks, and the door being closed behind them. So we are building great connections with our community. One thing that I want to say in terms of earlier, I said that we want it that every single thing that we do in our community has an understanding of we're doing it because of Jesus. Uh, our Christmas, our community Christmas celebration, we had so many people from our Tots and Toys group here. We had a whole row of people from our community lounge who were here, who were hearing the message of the gospel and what the real reason of Christmas is all about. And so I want to thank the team for that as well. We've had two Chris, Christmas community celebration uh, in 2022 and 2023 as well, and we are able to put finance into those. We've been able to provide, and we don't have photos for this for obvious reasons, but we've been able to provide support um, to those most affected by the cost of living crisis in our community. At times we've stepped in, um, not just to anyone, but when we've really understood the need and the desperation, we've been able to step in and pay uh, vital bills. We've been able to support people with food and putting food on the tables of people who wouldn't otherwise have had it. We've been able to work with local schools to provide support to families struggling with purchasing school uniforms and equipment. And the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, the Bible says that the church is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. And the church has been able this year to make a difference in our community in so many different ways. We've also been involved with the Baby Basics uh, program that supports um, new mothers. And in the brochure, there's statistics about that. We have been able to help so many different um, families through your giving. In terms of the Empower Centre Haven't, uh, we've continued to renovate, maintain, and redecorate different areas of the site. Let me just give you a few um, highlights. We've decorated the area near the secondary hall and we put in a new secure door um, after 10 years of having uh, this building that makes that area a whole lot safer. We installed new lighting in the car park, um, which again makes it a lot safer when different people are using this building in the evenings. It's also enabled us to do different things in terms of our events out there, but at Christmas we were able to be out there and have the lights on and all that kind of stuff. We've redecorated this main hall, installed new blinds. One of the, uh, the big and most noticeable, and if you haven't yet noticed it, then I don't know what planet you're on, uh, but one of the big changes we were able to do uh, was the installation of these glass doors. And again, you, you may think, well, what's that got to do with spiritual things? The, the welcome that that brings, the difference that brings when somebody enters into this building and comes up to those doors and those big old bulky doors with like the minute glass that actually wasn't even glass, I don't know what it was, but there's something different when you are somebody, I've walked into a church many, many, many years ago, cynical, thinking, is there a God? I'll tell you what, some practical things make a big difference to when somebody walks in for the very first time and can encounter Jesus. So a number of different things that we've done in terms of the building. In terms of children and youth, I love our kids. That's just a selection of our kids. In terms of children and youth, we've been able to um, purchase new equipment for uh, discipling them the best that we can. We've been able to run spring camp at no charge to our young people. Um, we're very conscious that there's a lot of things, demands on families nowadays financially. And we want to put on spring camp completely free of charge so that they have the opportunity to have activities and fun. Um, but also that they, over that weekend, sleep over here and they encounter God through worship and the word being preached. Um, we've been able to subsidize the cost of summer camp as well, making it easier for young to attend. In terms of discipleship, we have purchased uh, Bibles and various resources for those newer in their faith. And in terms of equipment, we've bought equipment 
um, that's resources what we do on a Sunday, but also all throughout uh, the week in terms of tech equipment. We brought a whole load of uh, new tables, um, as the other ones were kind of breaking after 10 years that we're able to use um, for our weekly activities and Sundays and all manner of different stuff. So much we have been able to do over the last year through your generous giving. So just give yourselves a round of applause uh, this morning for your generous giving. Very quickly, and we'll outline this in, in an email, this coming year in April, here's some of the things that we want to uh, put finance towards, and I'm going to talk practically uh, in a moment. Um, but in terms of a building, we want to continue to renovate and redecorate um, different areas. Uh, one of the, a few highlights of things that we would love to do with finance is allowed. We'd love to redecorate um, all of our kids' church rooms. Again, it's 10 years um, since we moved in and decorated those rooms and they're looking tired and tatty but not just do we want to redecorate we want to actually make it a purpose-built space for each age group relative to the age that they are and and so that we can support each and every single child to be in a place a facility where they can learn about Jesus in a relevant way to them we would love to uh, plan in permission allowable and working within that uh, put up a permanent structure in the back garden well, if you know, if you've been around a while, you'll know that between May and August, we love to do tea and coffee out there, but it can get very hot. And so what generally happens is we can be out there having tea and coffee, and you'll have a group of people who are huddled as far as they can along the fence, and they're kind of tipping their head back so that they're not in the sunlight, and, and others are like, I want to get a tan. So there's a variety of people, um, but... We want to have it where there's a permanent structure. We're not getting marquees in and out each time and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we've got a permanent structure that not only can we use, but groups can use and the youth uh, can use and do barbecues out there and just make it, again, just a space that we can use more effectively. We'd love to renew and upgrade uh, the main kitchen um, that, again, was done 10 years ago and is used day in, day out for our community work, but also what we do as a church uh, community as well. And a big one is we'd love to get uh, proper architectural drawings for expanding the building and pulling in uh, a mezzanine floor or whatever it might be in the main hall to increase capacity so that we're able to say, okay, this is what it looks like. Uh, this is the way forward, and we have a plan for the future. In terms of community outreach, we want to continue to resource our weekly uh, one-off events, but also our weekly events and our one-off community events, sorry. Um, I'd love to this year run some trips for our community lounge guys and our Tots and Toys group that is completely free of charge to the families and it's just a blessing to them at a time of financial need but also the difference that it will make to uh, the community lounge guys in terms of their isolation to be doing something. So many of the, the people who come to our community lounge, that is the one thing that they do during the week. I'm not exaggerating. You speak to Alison. That is one thing that we do. We would love for them to have more experience uh, in life, again, with them understanding why we are doing what we are doing. We want to provide support to those, again, those most in need in our community. We want to continue to work with schools um, to support children in terms of making sure that no child turns up in September morning not looking the part, feeling like they are behind, feeling like they don't have what they should have. We want to make sure every single child that we can walks into school with a head held high in September, making a difference to their education. We want to continue in terms of our kids, um, I don't just mean mine and these kids, our kids, um, to continue to invest in their faith and their discipleship. And we want to renew some of our equipment. You know, equipment is not the most glamorous thing, but I've got to be real about the fact that sometimes equipment needs upgrading. Um, and renewing and improving so that we can do all that we do for the glory of God. We are not short of vision. Okay, That's the highlights of the thing. We are not short of vision, but we're believing God for his provision to outwork that vision this year. Now, let, let me say a few practical things. First thing is this. There is absolutely no pressure to give. Just want to say that. First and foremost, out there, there is absolutely no pressure. We are not going to about to play a video of children crying, sobbing, to try and make you give this morning, okay? We're not going to twist your arm. You say, what happens if I don't give? Then you don't give and you just keep coming to church and it's okay. The world still keeps spinning around. I, I want to make that absolutely clear because we live in a culture where people say, oh, the church is just after your money. No, you, you don't want to give, don't give. It's absolutely fine. What I would encourage you to do is just to pray and to seek God and to see what he says to you about 
giving. Whatever you can give helps. Often when we talk about mezzanine floors and these big things, you think, well, that counts me out because I've only got five pound to give. No, no, if you can give 10 pounds, that will make a difference. If you can give a thousand pounds, that will make a difference. Whatever it is that God has blessed you with to be able to give out of. And very simply, the more we receive, the more we are able to do. But again, whatever comes in, we will use with wisdom and steward and do prioritize what we feel God is pulling on our hearts. So very practically, for those giving uh, during the month of April, you can give during April. If you're not able to give in April, but you say, well, I could give in May, but I can't give in April for whatever reason, then I want to encourage you to email our finance team uh, via the website and just say, this is what I can give in May or June and just be specific. Okay, now what we're not saying is a faith pledge, okay? So don't email saying, I'm going to give a million pounds. And you're like, if God gives it to me. No, no, no. We, we want to be realistic about being able to forecast our spending. Um, so just say, you know, I'm going to give X in June because there's stuff going on that I need to pay, whatever it might be. Another thing I want to say very clearly from the stage as your pastor, do not get into debt to give to this offering. Please hear my heart. Please hear me very clearly. Do not get into debt to give into this offering because we believe in somebody being in a place of financial security and being able to give out of the abundance of their life. Please reference clearly um, your giving for Haven't Vision so it doesn't get lost in terms of the day-to-day things, whether you're using an envelope or backs payment or on the app you can give directly to Haven't Vision. And if you're a tax player, p- player? Don't, be, don't be a tax player. <laughs> That's unscriptural, it's wrong. Don't, don't do that. Don't be a tax player. But if you are a tax payer um, then, and you haven't filled out a gift aid form, please uh, do so because that enables us to claim 25p on every pound that's given, right? And you pay enough tax, we want to get something back uh, from the government. So if, you, you know, if somebody gives £100, we get £125 instead. So make sure, please, that you fill out uh, one of those things. Okay, let's bring this in. Helen, you can, you can come up. Um, all of this I want to underline whether it be the vision, whether it be the vision offering, whether it be all that. I want to underline, because there's a lot we've thrown out this morning. This is not about stuff. This is about people. Okay, people encountering God. Two things I want to do in the three minutes that I've got left. The first one is this. I want to ask you again, not that you would come with a, a, a response right now. I want you to go away and pray about this question. How can you play your part in this vision? That may look as practical as pulling down your roots and getting to know some people right through to all manner of different things. How can you play your part in this vision? And the second thing I want to do, I want to share again the dream that God gave to to Kirsty and I about 10 or so years ago, which completely ties up with a vision of our whole church. And I was preparing this week and I wrote this out again and I thought, oh, people have heard it before. Um, you know, we've shared it before, probably haven't shared it for a little while now, but we've shared it before and I don't want people to get tired of, and, and even this morning as, as I was thinking that, somebody came up to me before the service and said, uh, I was praying and there's a couple of things uh, God has on his heart for you and she shared uh, what those were, but one of those completely tied into this dream and said, don't give up on the dream that God has given to you. And I said, funny that, I was weighing up this week whether to share this again and you just confirmed exactly what I need. So let me just read this Um, to you. It's going to come up uh, on the screen uh, behind me. Hopefully you'll be able to see it. But let me just read this out and then we're going to pray and we're going to finish um, the service. But be keeping in mind, how can I play my part in this vision? Just for context, this is something um, that God gave to us. I was in a hotel room in in London. I sat up and I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I looked at it and I thought, that looks pretty good. So it's certainly not me. If you know me, that's certainly not me. That was Holy Spirit inspired. It sounds kind of good. It's not me. And this is just a dream that we have. I close my eyes and I dream. I dream of a church where the doors are wide open, where young and old, black and white, find home, where laughter fills the corridor and children run with joy, where conversations are seasoned with love and guidance. Grace is the anthem, but truth is never compromised. I dream of a church where salvation is daily. Prodigals return and those on the edge jump in. I dream of a church where people are healed, physically, emotionally and spiritually. Where Jesus gets the credit and he alone is famous. 
a place where the lonely find family and families find community, where all are honoured regardless of their past or background, where mistakes are simply the starting point for the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. I dream of a church where people queue to get in, desperate to see God at work in their lives, whether people are hungry to glorify God and not just see what he can do for them. A place where the welcome is like heaven and the worship is authentic, where the word is preached with power and lives are never the same. This church is full of disciples, not a crowd waiting to be entertained. The broken are restored, the hurting filled with hope. New stories are being written and Jesus is the author. Whole families are changing, their future laced with potential. That which was ruined is renewed by the one who makes all things new. I dream of a church where community programs have impact and outreach is equal salvation. Where rooms are so full that new plans are made for growth. Where leaders are raised and missionaries are sent. A church from which new churches are planted and new communities are reached. This church is marked by passion and love. People matter over programs, everyone a VIP. Excellence is evident, generosity is our second nature. This church is advancing, taking new ground, buying buildings and having influence beyond its size, breathing new life into areas that were dead. I dream of a church increasing weekly in number, yet within the numbers every life matters. A church where the one is valued and never overlooked, where people dare to dream their own dreams again, where those who never felt worthy feel accepted and those drifting through life find purpose. The fulfillment of this dream hinges on God's favour and grace, for unless God builds the house, we labour in vain. Yet it also requires people, people who dare to believe that all things are possible and God truly does do exceedingly beyond our wildest dreams. People who will stop at nothing to see God's kingdom come. People who will see answers, not challenges. Who will find solutions, not problems. People who are willing to pay the price personally and financially to see the fulfillment of a dream, to see those who were dead in sin now alive in Christ. I am willing to count the cost. I am willing to pay the price. Lord, let us not play church. Let us change the world. It begins in heaven and it begins today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for vision. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your word says so clearly, where there is no vision, people perish, people cast off restraint. Father, as we look at the vision that you have given us for 2024 and beyond, I just pray that every single one of us, no matter how involved we already are, how much we see this as home, we would all be challenged in our hearts this coming year. How can we serve this vision that you have given to us? Lord, I thank you that everything that you gave to me in that dream will become a reality. Lord, we've already seen you through your grace and your mercy do so much of that in our midst. But Lord, we ask for more. We dare to be audacious enough to ask for more, not for our glory, not that anyone would know the name of Family Church, but that everyone would know the name of Jesus Christ in this community. Lord, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. And Lord, thank you for what you are yet to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a brilliant week, Family Church Heaven.